Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like to know more about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. We have a busy show, so we're going to get right to it. First of all, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians has annual scholarships that they hand out and uh, the application period is now well underway. It started on the 1st of February and uh, we usually chat with the chairperson of the uh, Student Education Committee of the uh, AEBC and that's exactly what we've done again this year, except this time she is the co-chair of the committee and she is also the president of AEBC. So Trent University students, Sir Sanford Fleming students, anyone who is taking courses by correspondence, Listen up, uh, because you have till close to the end of March to send in your application. So here's my chat with Marcy Yale. Well, hi there, Marcia, and welcome back to the program. Thank you. So let's begin by talking a little bit about AEBC generally, or the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. What is AEBC all about? Well, we're about equality. (laughs) In in all its forms, we're about advocating for it, we're about speaking it, we're about pushing for it, anything that we can do to make life better for our community, and in turn for everybody, because... If one, you know, if one marginalized community gets a leg up, I think it, it helps everyone be more equal and, and uh, you know, having a better life. Yeah. Now, is it a national organization? It is. We have a national board, and then we have local chapters as well across the country from Vancouver to Halifax. Um, We have had more chapters in the past, and hopefully we will get some more coming up or restarting. Who knows? You never know. But right now we've got chapters in all the major cities, and uh, they're they're doing a lot of good work, too. Um, They're doing some really great local work. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand you have scholarships every year. How Can you tell us uh, all about that? Sure. So we have an annual scholarship program, and every year 
we have different amounts of different numbers of scholarships and different monetary amounts. This year we have five scholarships. We have two that are made possible by an anonymous donor, and they didn't want their name put on it, so we're calling them the AEBC scholarships. And we have two that are offered by T-Base Communications. They sponsor the two, and they used to do their own adjudication, and now we do it for them. So we do all of them. And then this year, our, British, our BC chapters have put together a scholarship, the British Columbia Scholarship, and it's been sponsored by the Greater Vancouver chapter and the BC affiliate. So that's great. Okay. And they're all worth five, they're all worth a thousand bucks each. So come on out and get them. Right. Now, when you say T-Base, what is that? So T-Base Communications is a company that does transcription. Uh, they do a lot of documents for the government. So if, if you need a, a, a bill or a, or a government document in Braille, then the government will send it to T-Base. Or your t local cable company may send it to T-Base. If they're on, you know, if they do Braille bills, uh, Rogers Communications still uses T-Base to do their Braille billing. Uh, and I know they do another few large companies. They do a lot of work for the banks. So they're, they're basically a, a, a great transcription company, among other things. Okay, and where are they, just for the heck of it, where are they located in Canada? Ottawa. They are also, they are now owned by an American company, and I believe that there are other offices in New York City, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, how does one go about applying for these scholarships? Okay. So, what you have to do is you have to get the application package. And you can download that from our website at uh, www.blindcanadians.ca slash programs, that's with an S, slash scholarship without an S. Isn't that confusing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the application form also contains the documentation, meaning all of the explanations, on what the criteria are, and uh, we accept applications in English and French, and we provide our documentation in English and French. Um, you have to be blind, partially sighted, or deafblind, and you have to be either attending a Canadian institution, and it could be anything post-secondary. So it could be a college, a university, a vocational institution, whatever, you know, what, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, or you could be going to the States but paying a Canadian institution, or you could be paying a U.S. institution if that's where the program was, if that was the best program you could find and there just wasn't one in Canada. So, um, you know, we, as long as you're Canadian, but you have to be Canadian or a permanent resident, and you, and you fit all the other criteria, you can apply. And uh, can you use these scholarships, say, if it's a correspondence course? Sure. 
Mm-hmm. It has a tuition because we send the money to you. Once you prove that you're enrolled or whatever you said you were going to take, <laughs> yeah, we know that you're enrolled, then the money comes to you. So if you're doing a correspondence course and you just you know send the money to the tuition to the university or whatever it is, then yeah, that's no problem as long as it's post-secondary. And as long as you're doing at least part-time, so at least two courses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the, uh, the timeline as far as applying? Okay, so our application opened on February 1st, and the last day for submitting applications is Friday, March 26th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Uh-huh. If you're in Newfoundland, you've got till like 4.30 in the morning. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Uh, on, on the 27th, but it would still be, it would still count because it's still, you know, it's, it's 11.59 Pacific time. Sure. So. You've got as much of March 26th as you can possibly take. <laughs> That's right. And then some. <laughs> Um, so when will these um, scholarships be announced? I'm hoping that we can announce them around the 15th of May. Uh-huh. And that's whether we have an AGM in May or not. Right. And that's still to be determined. But I'm thinking I would like to have them announced in May. And then in September, once we get the proof of enrollment from all our students, then the money goes out. All right. Terrific. Oh, yes. And we also offer any first-time applicants. If they're not members of AEBC, we offer them a membership. Oh, yes. AEBC for the year. So that they can check us out see if they like the organization as much as their scholarship. Yeah. Oh, you know? <laughs> And that's regardless of whether they win or not. We'll, you know, we'll accept anyone who wants to become a member and has not applied before. They will be, they will be offered membership. Do you find that most people accept it? Um, sadly, no. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but you know, that's just you can't make. People do what they don't want to do, no. and uh, we offer it, and, and we hope that, that some people will take it, take it, us up on it, and then continue. Right. So, um, you were going to tell us um, what is required in order to, to apply? Order to apply, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you need to fill out the application form, and it asks, Usually simple stuff. Name, name, address, email, telephone number, uh, what university or college or where, where are you going, what are you taking, how did, you know, how did you hear about it, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got a checklist so that you can make sure that you got everything in order before you send it off to us. Right. Uh, We'd like an unofficial copy of your transcript, so it doesn't have to be official. Just something so that we can see what your academic, how you're doing. Yeah. Uh, We want, and this is the most important thing, really, is a personal essay. 
No more than four pages. And it has to tell us about you. So we want to know what, you know, what makes you who you are. So describe yourself. Tell us about your, you know, your, the barriers you've had to face. Tell us, you know, how you've, how you've conquered life, what you've done that, that makes you, you know, makes you worthy of a scholarship, and what accessible education is like for you. So how has education being accessible or not affected you? So do the good, the bad, you know, tell us what you've gone through in your educational accessibility and, you know, in that part of your life. And then... What are you doing to give back to your community? So how are you involved in your community? Because we want to give our scholarships to, to, rounded, to well-rounded people, to people who have given back to their community, have faced barriers and conquered them, and who have you know, made, it, made use of and good use of the accessible education system or have, you know, found a way to get around it because it wasn't accessible enough, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't want a resume. <laughs> we don't right. want, we just don't, we don't want just a list of, you know, this, that, this, that. No, make it, it's an essay, tell us about yourself and, you know, be clear because we can only learn about you by what you tell us. And we can't we can't read minds. No. And then the last thing is a reference letter. So a letter of reference from someone who can speak to your academic qualities, to your character qualities, to just you know, to speak about you and it can be from wow, well, from just about anybody. Teachers, clergy, um, <laughs> advisors, counselors, bosses, you know, anyone yeah. that, that knows you and who will write a, le a letter of reference. And the letter of reference has to be current, written within the last 12 months. And you put it all together and attach it all to an email and send it to scholarship at blindcanadians.ca. And we will acknowledge your email. And then we'll go about our adjudicating business in April. <laughs> and right. we come up with, uh, you know, five very worthy students. Mm -hmm. Now that email again is scholarship without an S? That's correct. Okay, at Blind Canadians. Blind Canadians with an S. With an S dot C A. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can be confusing. <laughs> it can. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want uh, print copies? No, no, no. Everything has to be accessible electronic. So if you can avoid PDF, we would thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We know that sometimes a PDF is all you're going to get from a, a school for a transcript. Mm -hmm. if, that's it, if that's all you can get, that's okay. Uh, but your personal stuff, Word, text, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah. No PDF, please. And uh, no pictures. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just not necessary. <laughs> no, oh. we're not doing a beauty contest. <laughs> no, no. 
So you don't need to go shopping uh, for a bathing suit at this time of year. That's right. <laughs> 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 Talk about yourself. That's right. And yeah, you don't need to show yourself. To you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can can people who are filling out the application or whatever, if they have any questions, um, can can they email and ask their questions beforehand? We would rather they ask the questions beforehand. So yeah. um, you'll notice on our application form that we require a few things. Uh huh. We ask for a few things. Um, there is a requirement for a social insurance number, for example, from the winners, and our bookkeeper will handle collecting that. Right. But if you have any questions about that or anything else, if, if something doesn't, you know, if you can't understand something or something isn't clear, please, please write us. Ask your questions now. Before you send in an application and then realize, oh, hmm, did I really understand that? Yeah. What did they mean by that? Right. We, we would happily answer questions. So at the same we're here for. <laughs> yeah. So at the same email address? Yes, definitely. Okay. Terrific. So there you go, uh, folks. You've got from now until March twenty uh, sixth at the very last possible moment to get your your uh, um, scholarship applications in. Have I missed anything along the way, Marcy? No, I don't think so. Uh, the only thing that, that I, I should say is that the British Columbia Scholarship, they want someone in B.C. if we can find someone. Ah, yes, so, of course. Um, but if not, then if we have another worthy candidate, their, their view is we want, you know, we want someone to benefit. So yes. if we don't have someone in B.C., then the scholarship can be given to another worthy candidate, and I think that's really nice of them. Yes, yes, that is good, yes. Yeah. Terrific. Good. Um, so people should definitely go up onto the uh, blindcanadians.ca website and have a look at what AEBC is all about and then uh, check out the uh, scholarship application and uh, good luck to all uh, college and university students. Definitely. Can, you, can, can they be mature students as well? Yes. Oh, we don't care how old you are. If you're going to school, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks again, Marcy, for coming on the program and explaining. And last year uh, we had somebody from our listening area that, uh, that got a, a scholarship, so there's no reason it can't happen again. Or anywhere else across Canada. That's correct. Okay. Thanks, Mercy, for talking with us again. Well, thank you for asking me to join you again. See you next year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> White Cane Week was from February 7th to February 13th this year. And so, of course, we've come to the end of it. However, there seemed to be a lot of conversation this year about alternatives 
to carrying a cane when it came to identifying yourself as someone with a visual impairment. So I thought what I would do is dig into the archives and come up with a conversation that we had a couple of years ago with a lady named Libby Thaw from Port Elgin, Ontario. And uh, she has a project that is very near and dear to her heart called the Checkered Eye Project. So I chatted, we chatted with her about that, and here is that conversation. Hi, Libby, and welcome to the program. Hi, Devin. First of all, do you have uh, a vision impairment yourself? Yes, I, uh, I've been legally blind since I was about 18. started losing my sight at 12 uh, from a condition called Stargardt's disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I was legally blind by 18, and I'm in my 50s now, so I've had all kinds of time to figure out how to operate this way. Yeah, right. And so when and how did you come up with the uh, checkered eye? Yes, well, I was chatting with... Uh, a few other people who are much like myself who have low vision but um, only use a white cane sometimes or just use it as an ID and we got swapping stories of all kinds of situations where there was some kind of problem but it wasn't the fact that we couldn't see it was the fact that the person who we were talking to didn't realize we couldn't see um, and uh, actually one of the people in the conversation was a uh, a volunteer uh, for CNIB, and she said, you know, people have been asking for some sort of a badge or something. And um, I, as well as the other ladies, thought, oh, that would be a great idea. I would love that. Because there, we also had stories of times where we were using a white cane, but not uh, the typical way where you're actually feeling the ground with it, and people thought we were faking it or something. So. Um, we all thought uh, a wearable symbol would be great, so I actually designed one um, and sent it off with a letter uh, saying, you know, I'm not the only one for whom uh, a wearable symbol would be a good option and that the ID gain isn't always the best option. Um, but. Um, CNIB said, no, we're just sticking with the white cane, so no, we're not going to take up that uh, project. So I thought it was uh, well worth doing, so I started it back in the fall of 2000. Okay. And uh, so it is a a badge or a pin? Yes, and actually we have other formats now. You can get it as a couple of different size uh, pins. You can also get it as a sew-on patch. We also now have pendants. So you can wear it on a, on a chain, and you you can also get it as a uh, clothing safe sticker. So I, I always keep one of those in my purse in case I forgot mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to put one on. <laughs> and then I think well, I will, I wish I had one on right now, so I can just grab the one out of my purse. So those are great. There's lots of different formats now. Terrific. And uh, in spite of the fact that CNIB has chosen not to adopt it, um, how popular has it become? Well, you know what? It just grows all the time. Now, the awareness is still not in the place where I would like it to be so that just, you know, everybody knows what it means and people in service industries know to have a glance and see if someone's wearing it. But people from uh, all over the world actually have been uh, getting checkered eyes, people with low vision, 
in six countries now. Wow. And the, the one that I uh, was most recent was just over a year ago. The Low Vision Association of Thailand got a hold of me, and um, they now have their own awareness effort, and they make their own checkered eyes with Thai language on it, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there are people all over the world who are using the checkered eye uh, uh, 18 years after I started it. <laughs> wow, that's terrific. It sounds like an epic uh, like secret society of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> no. The, the checkered eye. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Um, so how and uh, where can uh, people get these? Well, most people order them online now from, from the Checkered Eye website, which is checkereye.com. Um, uh, I finally uh, figured out how to get uh, a payment system on there, so we have PayPal now on the Checkered Eye website. Now, and there are, uh, I think, just over a dozen or so actual locations where you can walk in and uh, purchase one. Now, those are all listed on the Checkered Eye website. Um, uh, so, yeah, there there are three, of course, in Port Elgin, where I live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but there are uh, there are places in uh, like across Canada. Not a lot of them, though. So, like I said, most people do order them online. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, if I think back, I do believe that I used to hear some public service announcements on television. Yes, <coughs> yes, we actually made one in 2006 and that got on the air for the year and at that time um, it was it was kind of a funny story because I, I had this very low budget thing made and uh, did all the paperwork and it got on the air and it turned out that somebody mistakenly approved it because the Checkered Eye Project is not a registered charity mm-hmm. and you have to be a registered charity to to qualify for public service announcement time so somebody so it got on the air for um you know yeah. without me actually being a registered <laughs> charity. so then, okay i better uh see how to go about this and i actually partnered with uh the port elgin rotary club so they submitted it um and actually we made a new one uh so that has been on the air across canada since 2007 Super. Yeah, so it, it only gets airtime when they have free time to fill. Yeah. So, because uh, uh, we can't afford to pay for airtime. Uh, but yes, it has been airing for 12 years now. The same one. Wow. <laughs> I, I would love to uh, get enough money together to make a better one. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't hurt to make a newer one. Um, and, you know, technology has changed a lot. I'm sure I could make a better one now. <laughs> so, but that's, that one still, it's it's serving its purpose whenever mm-hmm. somebody sees it. Or I often do get uh, people saying, I saw it on TV. Oh, and good. That's how I found you. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's terrific. And um, have you since become a charitable organization? No, no. no we still, I, we, somebody gave me the term, we're, not, we're just uh, what you call a social enterprise. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, So, cause, because we're not registered as a, a not-for-profit or a charity, it just has a very simple business license, so if we make money, we can pay, we pay the tax on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it still doesn't actually cover its own expenses, right. but uh, we can manage fine, and I always also like to let people know <coughs> that if they want to get a checkered eye and they really can't afford it, 
I, I hope they will just let me know and I will make sure that they can get it. Because uh, the whole point is not making money, it's to get the symbol uh, to the people who would like to use it and to get the public awareness in place. Mm-hmm. So, so <clears throat> we're, we're managing still. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and how uh, do you find uh, there are other um, organizations other than CNIB, um, for example, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians and um, the uh, Canadian Council of the Blind. Do you have some um, people in those organizations that have the checkered eye? Um, well, I Actually, uh, when people order them, they don't necessarily tell me whether they're Mm -hmm. uh, affiliated with these groups. Um, But the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, um, actually, they voted back in 2003 to support the awareness effort. So, um, and at that time, right around that time, they published a couple of articles, which I wrote. Um, and, you know, maybe it's time to touch base again and, and to see what what we can do together because there are more and more people uh, <coughs> using the checkered eye. And uh, if they could help with the awareness effort, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're speaking to the editor of the new new newsletter <laughs> for cool. the uh, AEBC. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we call it the equalizer. Perfect. So we might uh, just have to do that in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We need to uh, collaborate again. Mm-hmm. So the uh, website address is? Checkeredeye.com. Okay. Nice and simple. And what will you see on the, the website? Um, on the website, uh, well, there's a basic description of, of uh, you know, what the point of the checkered eye is. There are uh, There's a page called Downloads and Printables. Or it might be printables and downloads, where you can actually print things to help with the awareness effort. You can print our pamphlets from there. You can print letters to chambers of commerce. It's one. We have a letter to chambers of commerce because, you know, businesses, it would be terrific if all businesses understood the checkered eye, if, you know, if they deal with the general public at all. Uh, it would be great that they recognized uh, the symbol and its meaning. We also have a letter there that uh, is written for to to bring to uh, doctors, eye doctors, mm-hmm. because they're of course a, a great source of information for people with any type of visual loss. Um, on the website, there's also a page of videos, so you can see our original uh, public service announcement and the current one that's on the air. Also, a couple of videos that were done by high school students oh. um, as a project in a, um, I believe it must have been a media class. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's there's the video there for a song that I wrote and recorded in, I think it was 2017. All right. And that was really exciting because um, I, I managed to enlist the help of the guitar player and harmonica player and also founder of the Downchild Blues Band. Oh, cool. Yes, Donnie Walsh. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Downchild Blues Band just ha- happens to be doing their 50th anniversary tour this year. I heard that. But yeah. uh, Donnie put guitar and harmonica tracks on the song. Oh, cool. And I also enlisted the drummer from the Crash Test Dummies. Oh. Whoa. Mitch Dorge. So he was really terrific as well put a great drum track on and gave, gave me some feedback while we were doing the mixing mm-hmm. 
Um, so, and you know, it, it's 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 a song that talks about scenarios that the checkered eye would address, um, and not, but not just that. It talks about you know living with vision impairment, and uh, I'm often told. Well, over the years, I have often been told, "Well, you look fine to me." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, the song is called "Doing Fine." I know I look fine. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a lot of fun, and you can you can get that on uh, on the website. Actually, somebody asked me if they could download it just to have in their playlist, and yes, it's it's free. It's available if people want to have it in their uh, music uh, to to hear anytime they want. Wonderful. Yeah. And we are going to play that in a minute or two here. I was uh, going to ask you what uh, the prices are for things like uh, badges and uh, pendants oh, yes. and things. Of course, yeah. Um, the the pins, the two different sides of pins, are four dollars or four fifty. The sew-on patch is six dollars. The pendant is ten dollars. And uh, if you wanted to get the stickers, we send you a batch of ten of them for four dollars, and they're they're a two-inch sticker. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we are not like I said, <laughs> we're not trying to make a whole load of money just to cover the expenses of uh, you know having them produced, and of course the awareness effort is the most expensive part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else, uh, speaking of awareness, that you wanted to uh, mention before we go to that song? Um, well, for people who, like over the years, every once in a while, somebody who was a fully sighted person but just wanted to help with the awareness effort, they'd say, oh, I'll buy a pin. And, you know, it's it's like buying a white cane to support uh, services for blind people. No, the the checkered eye symbol, like the white cane, is just for people with uh, vision loss. So... Mm-hmm we had a few t-shirts designed so oh. if somebody wants to uh support the effort and uh, buy something we have really groovy t-shirts one we call the smashed checkers so it looks like a checkerboard and the center is just exploding out of it <laughs> and we also have one that says blindness is a spectrum which has a really cool graphic on it the t-shirts are all black and the uh, the graphics are white, so oh. they're they're nice and uh, eye catching. Yeah, the the blindness is a spectrum T-shirt's pretty cool. It starts off with a solid solid white, and then it is a spectrum all the way to black. So it's really yeah. neat. really neat. Yeah, thanks very much. I have to tell you, I uh, I I have a graphics company who's been doing actually it's the same guy i've had it for all 18 years i think phil shout out to phil <laughs> so <laughs> i wanted to have that depiction so i i doodled something that you know with that would look like what i wanted him to do so then he sent it back to me with all perfect straight lines and and the the um dots blending to a uh, full blackout from one end to the other and when I brought it to a meeting with my uh, a friend of mine who's a marketing expert, she said, you know what? I like your doodle better. Uh, so oh, really? The, do- <laughs> the, the image is actually what I had doodled to show the graphics guy. And uh, he also was able to use my my own handwriting. So the text underneath it is my handwriting, too. Oh, wow. Cool. That is great. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll... Uh, finish it there i think libby but thanks so much for coming on with us and uh we wish you all the best with the uh, awareness and uh, i know that uh, you and i will be talking again 
definitely. And uh, people should uh, check out thecheckereye.com. And uh, we'll finish by playing your song. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Devin. Thanks, Libby. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, I've got some vision, but it's not fine. Can't get my driver's license, but I don't mind. The boss works fine when drivers announce the streets. White cane tells drivers careful when I'm on my feet. I'm doing fine with partial sight. I know I look fine, but really I'm blind. My laptop zooms in big time to help me see. Street signs with my smartphone, I'm doing fine with partial sight. I know I look fine, but doctor says I'm blind. Some folks would say I'm blind, but not all the way. Some don't know how to phrase it, don't know what to say. I like the term. was known. I get less grief. I don't mean to On Wednesday, February 17th, because this is Age-Related Macular Degeneration Month, Fighting Blindness Canada and several other organizations are going to be presenting a summit on Age-Related Macular Degeneration, and that's in the afternoon and in the morning there is another event taking place. So I knew that it was a jam-packed day for them, and I sure didn't want to miss the opportunity of including an announcement of it 
in this edition of Insight Peterborough so that if you want to be included in any of the, those events, you still can be. So here's my chat with Doug Earle, who is the uh, Chief Executive Officer of Fighting Blindness Canada. Hi, Doug, and welcome back to the program. Well, thank you. Glad to be back. Um, first of all, before we get talking about uh, macular degeneration, um, can you tell us a little bit about Fighting Blindness Canada? Sure. Well, Fighting Blindness Canada is the largest charitable funder of vision research in Canada. Uh, we're investing to accelerate research to lead to new treatments and cures for blind eye diseases. Okay, and, uh, and then maybe I'll get you to tell us now, February is uh, uh, the month for age-related macular degeneration. So can you tell us a little bit about, maybe start with um, what the macula is and what macular degeneration is? Age-related macular degeneration is, is uh, the macula is right at the back of the eye, uh, and uh, because of bleeding in the eye at the end stage of the disease, uh, it causes damage, kills cells uh, that are required to see. So people that have AMD, uh, as we like to call it in short, age-related macular degeneration, um, they've, they see, are unable to see central vision. So it's, it's like there's a black dot in the center of what you're able to see. And uh, there's treatments available. Research has, has delivered treatments uh, that stabilize your sight uh, if you're diagnosed early enough. And that, that's an anti-VEGF treatment uh, that, that's available in all provinces now. Uh, so the, the, the big thing about age-related macular degeneration is diagnosed early and so they can receive this eye, um, eye injection uh, to save their sight. Now I've heard that there's wet MD, or, uh, uh, yeah, AMD and dry. Yeah, um, so, dry, yeah. so dry is where uh, there's uh, evidence that uh, you, you have age-related macular degeneration uh, and, and it's a clinical diagnosis. Uh, the, the, where you start losing your sight is with uh, when, when it bleeding starts, and that's why they call it wet AMD, because the, there's blood vessels that are formed, um, they're very, not well matured, and they start uh, bleeding starts occurring. Mm -hmm. And it's the body's reaction to that bleeding that uh, kills the cells you need in order to be able to see. And the macula is actually part of the retina at the back of the eye? Yes, it's right, it's right at the back of the eye. It's a part of the retina. Uh, and it helps with your visual acuity and your central vision. Okay. Now, I understand there's supposed to be a, a summit uh, on Wednesday of this week. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, the Canadian Council of the Blind is hosting a summit. Uh, they're inviting a number of people uh, to it. I'll, I'll be a part of the panel. Uh, and we're discussing the impact of COVID on uh, vision health. 
Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, do you find that a lot of people maybe haven't gone for their uh, regular uh, injections because of COVID? Uh, absolutely. That, that's one of the, the biggest challenges we have. So in most of the country, what happened in wave one is different than what's happening right now in wave two, thankfully. Uh -huh. So with wave one, uh, the, the system basically shut down uh, in order to uh, free up uh, those intensive care units. They stopped doing surgeries. They stopped with ambulatory clinics. We didn't know an awful lot about COVID. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, uh, uh, normally in across Canada, there's about 600 eye injections uh, delivered to about 100,000 people a year wow. have age-related macular degeneration or diabetic uh, retinopathy, so mm -hmm. di uh, diabetes complication that leads to blindness. And uh, 100,000 of those 600,000 injections did not happen. Oh my. Primarily in the sort of uh, May or March to June period in the country, and quite quite naturally, uh, the people that are living with age-related macular degeneration are are usually seniors, not all, but most most cases, uh, and and so they're at the highest risk. And of course, uh, spreading the virus uh, can enter into your body through the eye. So, so there was uh, a number of uh, uh, things we needed to learn, and, and fortunately, uh, it took, for example, eye surgeries in Ontario, uh, there was about 60,000 people that didn't have uh, cataract surgeries uh, in, that, in the periods of the wave one, and, and we, we got back to uh, pre-COVID levels of eye surgeries in about October, and, and the system has been maintaining about the, that level of surgeries now, uh, despite the fact that, that we were in lockdown again. Mm -hmm. But, but it, you know, I, I, I used to work at, at the Toronto Western Hospital in, in uh, downtown Toronto, and I, I must say, when I've gone recently to the hospital, I've never seen it so spick and span. Uh, so, you know, there's been a lot of effort made across the medical system to learn about COVID, learn about how to reduce the risk, and, and you know, it, it, it's an, you know they, they are triaging people so that they get, get the eye injections that are required. They're calling, calling people uh, to come in for the appointments. They've, you know, instead of having six chairs, there's only one. Some people even uh, have you wait in the parking lot and they text you when, when it's your turn. So it's, it's, uh, there's been a lot of protocols in place, uh, which is why the system in Wave 2 has continued. Naturally, people are, uh, you know, wanting uh, concerned. Uh, yeah. They're at high risk, and and as a result, uh, no, they're not getting treatment or they're delaying treatment, and and that that is a problem. Uh, it, if you don't if you don't get uh, your treatment uh, because you're at that stage where wet AMD is happening, about ten to twenty percent of people living with age-related macular degeneration. Uh, are at that, that end stage of the blinding eye disease, uh, it, it is probably in 12 weeks with bleeding in your eyes, um, a research uh, paper showed that the damage is done. And once those cells die today, we don't have a research solution to replace those cells. Mm -hmm. That's lost sight. So our, our goal at Fighting Blindness Canada is, is really making sure that, that you go to your eye appointment if you're concerned, talk about all the safety protocols 
again after COVID's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is going to, can you tell us, or are you at liberty to tell us who else is on the panel? Sure. Uh, Keith Gordon uh, is an epidemiologist. He's a senior scientist at the Canadian Council of the Blind. He uh, used to work at CNIB in their, their uh, health population uh, studies that they were doing. Uh, so we, we worked with the uh, Fighting Blindness Canada, worked with uh, the Canadian Council of the Blind to do a survey of our community, and, and just uh, over almost 600 people responded in the week uh, that we had the survey live. And, and it really, uh, Keith's going to report on uh, what the community experienced in that wave one. Uh, and, you know, I can get into that in a second, uh, Devin. Uh, we have uh, Retina International joining us, and they're going to be sharing uh, what the COVID experience was around the world in a study that they've done. Uh, and of course, we have our you know medical experts and and people like myself uh, to to as as we Fighting Blinds Canada has really been advocating uh, for access to care. That's that's our uh, mission, and and I'm working with the health ministries across the country to make sure that like what's happened in wave two, we keep the system open, we reduce people's concern about about the risk, but that they can have access to treatments to, to save their sight. Yeah. Okay, um, so when is this summit going to take place and can people still attend? I guess it's virtual, is it? Yes, it's a virtual conference, so uh, it's one of those famous Zoom uh, <laughs> uh, events. Um, so it's at 2 o'clock uh, on, on um, Wednesday, uh, February 17th, so Ash Wednesday. So two o'clock, and you can register by uh, visiting the uh, Canadian Council of the Blind's uh, research, or sorry, their national site, so uh, ccbnational.net, uh, and uh, there's a registration uh, point there uh, in, in to join the conference. So you can uh, sign up and uh, and join. It's a part of um, uh, the the uh, that White Cane Week that happens in Canada that, that is sponsored by the Canadian uh, Council of the Blind. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, is there any fee to uh, um, join the summit or? No, 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 there isn't. So right off of the homepage is the Zoom registration and it's free of charge. Um, and you can join uh, Keith Gordon, Louise Gillis, the national president, uh, Michelle McQuigley is the assistant news editor at Canadian Press. She lives with blindness. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Orla Gavin, the director of research for Retina International. Okay. Well, that sounds like a very interesting summit. That's terrific. And uh, I'm sure people will uh, learn a lot from that. Yeah. So that's 2 o'clock on Wednesday the uh, 17th. Terrific. Uh, is there anything more that um, I've missed along the way? Uh, well, actually, uh, the Fighting Blindness Canada is hosting during White, White Cane Week. Uh, uh, we're reporting on some AMD research uh, that we've been funding oh. uh, from, from Dr. Uh, Jacob Rulo. Uh, and he's, uh, so he's um, organized, or uh, he's presenting his, uh, his information. Uh, and you can register at uh, fightingblindness.ca, 
uh, and he's going to speak about the connection between vitamin D. Of course, Canadians don't get a lot of vitamin D during this time of year. Oh, I'll say. And, and age-related macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, Dr. Rulo was a resident. He was uh, at, at Queen's Medical School, and uh, we're very pleased. Uh, he's, he's one of our uh, clinician researcher emerging leader award recipients. Um, to fund this AMD research, mm -hmm. uh, and and he's uh, now just been appointed an uh, early investigator at Queen's University. Um, so he he's a clinician, so he sees patients, and then you know as as he has the curiosity about why certain certain things he's seeing in the clinic, he goes back to his lab to try to figure out why, and and we we hope discover uh, a new treatment. Yes. So he's going to be reporting on his research on Wednesday, February 17th at 10.30. I'm covering the role of vitamin D in AMD. And you can, uh, of course, register on, at fightingblindness.ca uh, on our uh, website. Wow, Wednesday sounds like a really busy day. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> well, it's White Cane Week, so, uh, so we're, we're supporting, uh, Fighting Blindness Canada is supporting uh, the effort of raising awareness about about living with blindness. Yeah. And, and oh. uh, the amazing research that Canadians are leading for uh, expanding knowledge around yeah. the world. And uh, we hope uh, we hope people could join us at fightingblindness.ca and sign up and find out more about, about research happening in next door. Will there be a chance for people to maybe ask uh, questions? Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. So uh, using the Zoom, uh, we have an email address that you can send your questions in advance or during the, during the presentation uh -huh. at, at education at fightingblindness.ca. So that's education at fightingblindness.ca, and you can send your questions, and, and uh, we'll read the questions um, there. All right. That's terrific. And also, we have uh, an exhibitor showcase. So the first half hour of the webinar, we'll be featuring Stephen Ritchie uh, and the presenting showca showcasing some of the latest and greatest accessible devices and technology aids for people living with vision loss. So it's a it's a win-win. Learn yeah. a little bit about research, uh, and you also uh, get updated on the latest in technology. Terrific. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for talking to us about this. And I hope uh, both the uh, presentation in the morning and the summit in the afternoon go well. Thank you. You take good care. Great, thank you. Thank That'll about do it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I do invite you to come back again on... Uh, next uh, Monday, which will be February 22nd. Until then, have a good week. Bye for now.